We are hanging out together again with our dear friends. I call him Uncle Rex. Great beer. Brother Matt. Um, Matt Rogers. Also, we have Papa is in the house. Always the general of faith and love is what I call Dad. He's a gift. And so if you're joining with us, I don't know if it's morning, nighttime, whenever you're joining, we are so excited to be sharing the good news that Jesus loves you, that God's got a plan for you, that there is a purpose, there's a future for you, mm. and that your past can be the past at last. Don't let the enemy use your past, right. use pain, use pettiness, use people, use your pride to stop you from the purpose that he has for you. We believe today we're going to crush those peas. We're going to go on and God's going to show us what he's got for us. And tonight we're going to talk about depression. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've been in a time where we're coming through a pandemic where there's been a lot of isolation. I think a lot of people, and we live in a time where there's more communication with social abilities, with our phones and stuff, but yet there's more isolation than ever before. You may be able to like someone, but are you really spending time with someone? And I believe you spell love a lot of times, T-I-M-E. It matters. What you invest in is what you're passionate about. And so I know if I don't spend time with my husband, he doesn't think I like him. So sometimes he needs and a little love with him. He's like, honey, I need some time with you. But for me, um, if you're joining us tonight, and some of you know, some of you don't, my husband and I have a miracle marriage. What does that mean? It's a miracle we stayed married. That's what it means. And um, we decided to say yes and let our yes be stronger than our no's. We decided to put... Um, decided to fight for our family and not with our family. Now, we've had some good knockdown fights together, but we decided to go ahead and fight the good fight of faith and um, to not quit. You know, I love the scripture that it says a righteous man will fall seven times, but he gets up. It's about mm-hmm. your don't quit, your get up. And one of the qualifications for that is that's not a sinner. It says a righteous man that fell. What so kind you, of man falls? A righteous man fell. Isn't that a good thing to know that a prerequisite for the falling guy was he was righteous. So I like it. <laughs> I've been the fall guy. And the amazing thing, though, is it means you get up. It means you hold on to the promise. And so Jeff and I have a miracle marriage where he dealt with sex addiction, and I dealt with unforgiveness, which I believe um, forgiveness is the real F word. But that's a whole other thing. But I, I do believe it's the real F word, and it's what you have to hold on to. But with that, I went into a depression. And people would see me. I'm very outgoing and goofy and silly, but they would think, How can she be depressed? You know, normally people with really bubbly personalities do a lot of times fight depression. They have these other sides, these quiet sides. And I had never dealt with that before. I loved Jesus my whole life and um, loved the Lord. Didn't understand. Maybe today you're watching, I don't understand. You almost feel like, why does God pick on me? (laughs) You know, like I'm trying to do the best I can. Am I getting picked on? And as long as you're a victim, you'll stay in a depressed mode. And the Lord showed me that I had a victim mentality instead of a victor mentality. And that all came by the renewing of my mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So I went from a girl that um, would pull into certain places and think, I can't go in there. I I, I just, we've got to go home. Let's just get drive through. I can't get out of the car today. Maybe that's you. My depression would go into anxiety. Um, Would want to stay at the house. Didn't want to clean the house. Now, sometimes that's a lazy spirit, but for me it was depression. (laughs) And so we can deal with both. But the Holy Spirit, is the only comforter. And then when you let him do his job and let him come in, he began to comfort me, and he began to give me joy. See, happiness is not a promise, but joy is. And when I had said yes to Jesus, I had the fruit and the seed of joy in my life. I just had to learn how to produce it. And that began by me going ahead and doing what the Lord told me to do. I started a routine 
I got in the Word. I didn't let myself lay in the bed. After the second time, I wouldn't let myself get out of the car. I decided, okay, you have to get out of the car. You have to. And it is about the choice you make. Now, Matt, you know some things about depression, too, I understand. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your story. They know mine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, the depression started, it was right after 2001, you know, just coming off being Rose Bowl champion, NFL, and then, you know, going living with my parents, making $1,000 a month as a telemarketer. Like, I was the guy that called you and, like, interest rates are at an all-time low. You might want to think about refinancing. <laughs> uh, that's about as depressing as it gets. No. But it was that a combination from going to, you know, the mountain and being in the valley. And, and my mom, God bless her, would always – I mean, she was the greatest source of encouragement, you know, that I've ever had. And she would say, don't ever get too high on the highs. Don't ever get too low on the lows. Yeah. And um, to watch – a woman that was so spirit-filled that prayed for so many people and they were healed of cancer to watch her start to die from the very thing that God used her to heal with so many people. It, it's depressing. There's yes. no other way about it. So from going to the top and being in the valley and then watching your greatest source of encouragement slowly you know, deteriorate in front of you, it is depressing. And I know what it's like to not want to get out of the car. I know what it's like to not want to get out of the bed, but you don't want to stay in the bed, but you definitely can't get out of the bed. And it's like, someone just give me a hammer and hit me really hard yeah. and just put me out, yeah. which is so sad because, I mean, suicide is at an all-time high. You know, I, I, I could say, because I, I knew who I was, and I, you know, I, I, I was probably just had such a reverence for God. Like, I never wanted to take my own life but I definitely didn't want to live anymore the way I oh, was going. Oh, that's a good way to say it, man. You know, and I was just, I was like a dead man walking. I i knew of all the promises, and it was like, I, I, I was so depressed that nothing helped. So I've been there at the very, very bottom. So what, Matt, what what began to bring you off the bottom floor? What What did you look to what did what influences did you have who did you who did you meet was it other christians was it the word just you uh, intimate time with god what was the influence that brought you from because i think people listening today and a lot of folks people that we deal with as pastors a lot of people are like uh, losing sight of where they can go you know people are like and i think rex may have mentioned it earlier i don't know if you mentioned uh, about about normal we don't want to go back to normal the one thing the Lord really put on my heart, I don't want to go back to normal. So how does people get out of this state? I remember uh, for Allison and Jeff when, when we found out uh, as parents of Allison that, that I, I'd never dealt with any depression whatsoever. I, I mean, had ne and my dad had been crippled 20 years and five months, but he, when I was eight years old, he became crippled. For 20 years and five months, he was crippled. And, yeah, and the Lord healed him. But, but he was so positive he never complained. So somehow that yeah. never went on to me as, as a depressing. But how did, how did you begin to come from the bottom of, of your situation? So like, like you said, being positive and, and, and speaking positive, I'm there now, but I was not there then. My prayers were literally bawling my eyes out in my room, and my prayer was as extensive as this. If you love me, help me. <laughs> if you love me, help me. It's good. It just, yeah, it, I didn't need it. I'm just, you know, I hope I'm not out of order here, but I didn't need another Bible verse. I didn't need it right. to be delivered of anything. I didn't need anyone to 
to pray another prayer over me. I just needed to get the lie off of my mind and Ooh, believe good. truth. Yes. I didn't need to be delivered of anything. I just need to stop believing a lie. Yeah. And some of my most, I really believe it developed my relationship with God because I didn't, I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to read the Bible. I would literally lay and cry and say, if you love me, help me, help me. And it didn't become a thing to where I'm down here and you're up there. He actually came and laid beside me and I would just, I wouldn't pray to him anymore. I would just talk to him. How am I going to get out of bed today? And he would speak to me. Well, you're going to put your two feet on the floor. And then I put my two feet on the floor. How am I going to walk? Get up and walk. And then as I would go, he would surround me with positive voices. And there's so much noise out there, especially today, because when I was depressed, thank God there wasn't social media, because I think I would have got more depressed. Really? You know, it's kind of like we have the most information available today, but we have no knowledge. Go ahead. You're going to say something. You said as you go, do you remember the four lepers sitting at the gate? And, and, And they were sitting there, and they said, well... If we go in here, back inside, they're go, they, we are not allowed inside. And so, and if we go down here to the camp, they're going to kill us. But we got to do something. Can't stay still. You can't stay still. My dad told me this growing up. He was such a wise man. He said, son, there's no such thing in life as a stagnant pond. Now, in South Georgia, that means a pond where no water's moving and green fungus and stuff, you know, fungi begins to grow in it, that kind of stuff. But he said, you're either backing up, in other words, becoming more depressed, but or you're going forward. And so the going forward thing is what I think we have to focus on because I believe God's in the going forward business. That's 100% right. And that's that's what happened to me. I, I wish I could say God came down and touched me and I was instantly healed. It didn't happen that way. Yes. It went from really bad to bad to bad to a little bit better. And as I went, as I filled my mind with promises instead of concentrating on problems, Uh, I slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly got better and better and better. And now looking back, which is true, 99% of the stuff I was worried about never happened. That's good. And that's... That's the way the devil works. He has no power over us. So he manipulates us with a lie. I always think Adam and Eve saw that the fruit was good. Didn't say that they thought it was bad. The devil comes at you with things that are good. He comes at you with lies. He can't ever. So whatever negativity that, that you're believing in your head, flip it. And that's the truth. Yeah. Every time. Always flip it. And that's, and it took me a while, but slowly and slowly. And I renewed myself. I renewed my mind and I walked out the promise. I went through hell going through there. But like you said, I didn't set up camp in hell. Slowly, but surely I kept moving forward. And lastly, and I'll let y'all take over. You have to know who you are and you have to know the promise. If you don't know that you, your destiny is designed by God, Mm-hmm. It's going to be extra hard for you to move forward. There's 7.2 billion people on the planet, and none of them have your fingerprints. Ooh. You were born an original. Don't die a copy. Yes. Like, God needs you. He had none of you before you were created. He didn't like it, so he created you. That's right. And that's the first thing is, is knowing your value and yeah. then moving forward from yeah. there. You know, something that really changed my life is I knew the word, and I understood what it said. And so you may be watching today, and I really believe this is for believers that feel stuck. This, this whole moment here. And I was there, and the Lord told me, he said, Allison, if you'll move by faith, your feelings will follow. 
And so I learned to touch my husband again, and I had feeling again for him. I learned to get outside and start laughing with the children and those things. But one thing I know is, and we've talked about this for years, but Rex probably 18 years ago, I was in my house, and I wrote the word emotion. I was, I was just drawing him, just sitting there. And out of that word, that word motion just, like, looked oh, wow. so big wow. to me. And the Lord said, if you want your emotions to change, you have to change your motion and I know you share that all the time and so when you came I thought he's been reading my diary you know I mean? <laughs> and, such a good preacher I just feel like I'm going to take your notes and preach them. no but in that moment what you were saying is today the enemy will tell you you can't get up that's a lie you can get up the enemy will tell you today there's nothing for you to do there is and you matter to someone and there's someone that needs to hear your story you're not alone and God wants you to do that but you have to learn to move so I want to share with you Jeff and I would sometimes get caught in a cycle of dealing with old thoughts. You know, Dad always says that that ha- the I call hamster. Him, hey, Robbie, the hamster, the 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 eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The law, the things, the regrets. Uh, old you know, regret. and I call the trap that he's running on old regret because it's the old regrets of that little hamster. And the only thing to stop that thing uh, in your mind is the blood of Jesus on the cross of on His cross. And you just say, no, in the name of Jesus. We go back to the word, to what the Bible said. And, and to me, nobody's better at inspiring people to become everything God has called them and want them to be than my brother Rex. Because he, 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 he does. So, so people love to hear him because they're like, say, man, that Rex has got a lot of energy. It's not just energy. It's anointing and it's power, you know. So when Rex came, Jeff and I would laugh because he did some things, and um, I'm going to let him share about changing your emotion here in a moment because he does it way better than I do. But Jeff and I would be in public, and let's say you would see something of your past that would hurt you, maybe a relationship, maybe a thought, a song can come on. Things can trigger you. There are triggers to your traumas, to your pain, to your depression, to your hurt. And when we would have those moments, we would change our motion to change our emotions. So if we were to start getting a little frustrated, we would just start like crazy dancing. And we both are really, really, really bad dancers. And if you do that in public without music, it just begins to make you laugh. I just want to tell you, if you do something that crazy, it will change what's going on inside of you. And it began to shift our emotions with each other and joy and different things began to happen in our life, even with our children. So I want to encourage you in this moment, if you're feeling this, I believe that Rex is fixing to give you a word that today you don't have to stay stuck. This is a great conversation because no matter whether you are a leader, you're a minister, you're in public, you're a private, you're a stay-at-home dad and mom, you work at a gas station, you work on cars, Every one of us has felt yes. depressed. The word depressed means to push down, mm-hmm. where your inner man and your positivity, desires, dreams get pushed down. I think more than ever right now, 8,000% it's up in America, that it's being pushed down right now in people's lives because the circumstances are dictating their moods, they're dictating their engagement level. David said this in Psalm 43, why are you cast down, O my soul? Oh, I love that. He says, why are you? He said, I am going to return to hope in God. You know, there's a great scripture I've gone back to um, when I went through a divorce, when I went through setbacks. As a minister, that doesn't go well. I mean, that happened many, many, over 20 years ago. I think something like that about now. Uh, but I remember going through that, that oppression, like Solomon says, it unravels your reasoning. Mm-hmm. So you start to see yourself through blurred lines. Yeah. 
And when you stop seeing value in yourself, you stop investing and adding value. And that's the challenge is because I'm not going to love you. I'm not going to love anybody else only to the degree of the quality that I'm loving and investing in myself. Yes. And so if the enemy can blind me to my value by what I'm going through or what is happening around me to where I no longer see, I see the lie. You know, it says thing in Numbers, we were talking about Numbers 28 yesterday, or Numbers 25. It says there was a, a lady named Cosby that she got involved uh, with the children of Israel and made them sin, and a plague was there. And the word Cosby means lie. He says once wow. you cut off Cosby, the plague will stop. Once you deal with the lie, the plague Woo! and the pain of that begins to uproot. That's good. David said, I'm going to hope in God. Hope is not a feeling. Hope is a decision. That's right. You know, and I, I've shared this analogy, and it's great because it came out of Harvard, they put that lat, They put a rat in a bottle of water, a tub of water, and they put it in absolute darkness. They wanted to see how long it swam before it succumbed to its surroundings. It lasted three minutes and 19 seconds before it succumbed to the darkness. Immediately, they took that dead rat out, and they put a living one in the same water. This time, they poked a tiny little hole in the ceiling or in the, in the box to where they could have a little tiny ray of light. They wanted to contrast. If there's a tiny bit of light, how much more with the stamina would they go forward? 37 hours and 23 three minutes over 500 times lighter light longer wow. when you have a ray of hope the scripture says in Zechariah says return you prisoners of hope I want to challenge you that you're going to make a decision even if you feel like hell the truth is you're Come not on. what you feel you're what you decide you're not what you feel you're what you decide right. I learned that not in a place of being happy in a place of feeling pain but having to having to be happy on the outside because of people around me but learning that I can choose that I don't have to let these feelings dominate my mood. And going back saying, I'm going to be a prisoner of hope. I'm going to hope in God. And then David says, I'm going to praise him who's the help of my countenance. It's amazing. It's you know so that amazing. even you can open up neural pathways. You can raise um, the, 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 the feeling of your body would reduce cortisol just by smiling yeah. and changing your countenance. Over 44 times in Scripture, God references the way people hold their face. That's right. God even came to David many times and says, why is your face so down? Why are you, why are you in this down? place? He didn't say the circumstances. He says, why are you choosing to be down based on That's the way so you're good. holding your face? Lift your head up. I'll be the glory and the lifter of your head, yeah. Psalm 3 says. But he says, I'm going to praise God. I found that when I feel the intensity of depression or oppression, or you feel that dark. There's nothing more powerful than aggressively lifting my hands and sitting there saying, I love you. You're able. You're more than, you made me more than enough. Hallelujah. You're going to bring me out of this. I'm not staying here. I At thank all. you that God, you're my peace. You're my healer. You're my victory. I don't have to feel it, but your word says it. I thank you. You're coming through immediately. That garment of praise that I choose to put on. That's hard because I got to make a decision. I can't try it. I can't just do it like a little rabbit's foot and see if it's going to work. Right. But as I make the decision, the Bible says you shift, you renew your strength. strength. And I think of it as like an airplane. An airplane, if it's ever going to get flight, it has to defy gravity, and it has to do that by thrust, thrust and, lift. and lift. Something happens when you make a decision. I think that's the thrust. And I say this just period because we were talking about this earlier. When your desire, 
when your desire for more or your desire for health or your desire for wholeness outweighs your comfort level, that's when you emerge. That's when you rise. Most people get comfortable in depression, comfortable in pain, comfortable in situations because either the attention they get mm -hmm. from it, it gives them something to talk about, or they just learn to function within it. But when you say at a point, I am going to come out of this, and you begin to lift your hands, right. and sometimes you can't lift your hands alone. And this is where he who isolates himself, the Bible says, seeks his own desire and brings harm on himself. Don't isolate yourself from no. your help. I need people. I don't care how Jesified or how anointed you may appear or how spiritual you may appear, what your Rolodex of Scripture is in your head and your memories museum of all the memories of God's miracles. And this moment, sometimes you need someone to take you by the hand. I think there's a reason why Jesus sent him out two by two. I think that there's a collaboration because two are better than one. When I'm weak, Papa can be strong. If I'm having a down week, I can call Mama Jackie, Mommy Jackie, lift me up. I can call Allison. I got to have people that I'm willing to be vulnerable enough that I'm not going to be judged, but I'm going to be empowered. Yes. Glory. Moses, come on, a man that talked to God face to face. He needed someone to hold up his arms. You need someone to hold up. That's why you can't isolate yourself from your help. That's if you so look good. at the demonic spirit working in America, it's sent to isolate yes. you because he knows it's come not on, just your on. voice talking to yourself, but when you get other people to prophesy inside you, just like Mary and Elizabeth, things inside you that are promises begin to jump and move again. Some of you have not felt movement in a long time it's because you've been trying to give birth to promise all by yourself but something happens when you go to where like an Elizabeth Elizabeth had never felt John the Baptist inside of her womb move she had to probably wonder am I really pregnant is God really gonna make this thing happen sorry for being so passionate here let's go go <laughs> ahead something Rick. happened something happened when Mary walked in the room something happens when you walk in the door something happens even if you got to drag yourself in even if you were high last night medicating your pain something happens when you walk through the flipping door something happens happens when you make a call and say I just need someone to love me some I don't need all the answers hug me tell me it's going to be okay hold up my hands don't judge me just let me be but let, I need to know someone's here hey something Ooh. begins to jump inside you they begin to say we're not going to stay here this might have come to here but we ain't going to stay it's going to come to pass not come to stay I need someone to lift me yeah. mm -hmm. you need somebody you need someone to lift. You talk about David and his mighty men. You need mighty men. You need mighty women around. I need some people that I can pray. Some of you, people that are maybe more in the mature years of your life, beyond the age of 60 years old, you know how to pray. Some of us younger people need you here. You're so effective here because we need you because you have some rabakashaka in you. You got some faith that can move mountains, and there's some mountains you can't, God doesn't let you move by yourself, so you don't think you did it and pulled it off on your own ability but he'll use other people some of you people that know the word to begin to come down and start praying for young people or reaching out to hurting people you say I don't got a lot to do right now mm -hmm. I'm not working call the church ask for somebody you can call and lift up first of all you'll sow it but you'll reap it like a boomerang and if you sow miracles it changes second of all every one of us today can decide I'm just going to smile I'm going to be in a good mood even if it hurts to smile I'm going to practice smiling that's good I'm going to practice smiling. Yeah. I was in a room where, um, I don't want to show these stories too often, but 1997, I was in an intimate room with uh, Joyce Myers. Nobody, not many people know Joyce. I don't share this publicly. Um, not many people at that time knew Joyce Myers. 
And Joyce Myers had fought so much depression from abuse, sexual abuse, pain, all kinds of being divorced. Her husband left her. Her story's, you know, magnified around the world. But I thought about this. The anointing touched her, but she was talking about how she had to choose to hold her face in a smiling position, how she practiced being in a good mood. Even though she was anointed, she felt down. That's good. And she said she had to practice. When I went through a mess, I remembered what Joy said, and I had to sit there in the mirror and practice smiling. Oh, wow. They do. Yeah. There's an anointing on me to help people just That's like right. the anointing on us. To help. But That's there's right. days where you feel overwhelmed by life, and you got, number one, I'm going to hope in God. Come on. I'm going to hope in God. They did a study, Pastor, and I won't, I'm talking a lot here, but let me say this. You they go did ahead. A, they did a, a study of people who won the lottery in the last uh, year and a half versus people who've been paralyzed in the last year and a half to study their happiness level. The happiness level of the people that were paralyzed was equal to the people who won the lottery over $10 million. It had nothing to base on circumstances, all a decision they made from within. Wow. You know, the, the, the Bible says, you talked about thrust and lift, Rex. It says, lift up your head. I talk about flying. Oh, ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the doors to our mind, the doors to our emotions. Be lifted up our, our, our sight, our, what we smell, what we see. What we, be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. And so I got this attitude thing. You were talking about that. And so that thrust, that lift. And so flying means that you're going to pull back on something. You're going to say, you know what? I'm going to consider him. I'm going to consider G. You do, Rex, I don't know of anybody in the earth that does a better job of helping people understand yes. their potential in God. I think of you, I think of Colossians 1, that Christ in you is the hope of glory. And so, you know what? You instill that hope because, see, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And so there's, if you're out there and you're not feeling, you're, you're hopeless today, I'm telling you the truth. If you, hey, rerun, just re-listen to this. Okay. Rerun this thing again. And I'm telling you, the word that's been planted, the faith, the hope, and the love that's come from testimonies. And from, Rex, you were talking to me the other day, we were talking on the phone about how important it is that your story, your history can become his story. And your history of, well, I've, I've done this. I've, uh, I may have had a child out of wedlock. Like, I may have had this. And we heard of somebody, the other, uh, somebody spoke the other night that had been raped at, 19, uh, at 15 years old, had went into to, uh, 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 sex trafficking, not of their own will, all kind of mess. But, you know, today is a valiant Christian lady and is doing things to change the world. So no matter where you are, this is a table talk we're talking about that Jesus has set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You know, Dad. I, I want to say something, too. Um, you said something great, real quickly, is motion create, and I, I use this term, motion creates emotion. If you were to skip today, you can't skip and be depressed while you skip. It actually will help your heart rate, by the way. You'll actually lose a little bit of weight, and you'll actually feel better, and endorphins will go up in your mind. By the way, it'll be great for your soul if you did it for 30 <laughs> seconds at a time, five times a day, and just skip. You'll feel a little bit silly, but you can't do it because of silliness. But I want to say this. Put people into an active state today. Jesus' miracles, he put everyone into an active state. Put people into an active state today because I think, you know what? We can pray, but someone's got to take a move. Someone's got to make a move.
You know, I heard the Lord a while ago when you were speaking, Dad. I heard him say, incline your heart. See, in, in David shared that. When the scriptures, it says, I incline my heart to you, O Lord. That means that in your flesh, natural feeling moment, it's a declined heart. It's a decision to incline your heart. And where your heart is is where your treasure is. Not where your treasure is. It says where your treasure is, there I mean, your heart where your, will be Thank also. you, Dad. I messed that up. Where, where your, your treasure, treasure is is where your heart, heart will be. That's why you have a word man with you every time you preach. And the Lord started talking to me about, Allison, you have stayed in a declined position with me emotionally. I loved Jesus, but my heart was declined. It was depressed. That as I began to make a choice, which is the lift, which is the airplane, and go into an incline. And it changed the attitude. And you know, in an airplane, the thing that reads, isn't it called an attitude? And your attitude affects your altitude. That's right. An attitude indicator affects your, your altitude. And I decided to say, okay, Lord, I'm tired of flying on a low level with little devils. That's what I really, I thought I'm, a, I'm at a low level with a low level devil. I don't like that anymore, Lord. I'm being tormented. And that perfect love that casts out all fear has to do with that torment. And if you're depressed, you're being tormented today. And so I began to change my emotion. What you just said, Rex, today, if you're in this moment, just like Matt said, and you're laying there, I want you to get up. I want you to stand up. I want you to open your windows. I want you to call a friend. I want you to get on the phone. I want you to say, I am going to make it. God's purpose and plan for my life will not be aborted because of me. I will go ahead and choose what the Word says about me. And you begin to move. And you begin to speak. I encourage you, skip. I encourage you to laugh. Did you know that your body doesn't know the difference between a fake laugh or a real laugh? It still lets out the same endorphins, the same thing. It changes your physical being. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Because you know what? There's times in your life that ha, ha, ha is fake. But I want you to know your faith will get a hold of it, and it will change even your molecular structure. Your chemicals will change today, and your mind will be renewed by the Word. So what Rex is saying, move. And I want to tell you, there's a place for you to plug in. There's a church near you, and you've been isolated. Go to a church that's speaking the gospel, preaching the word of God, that there's movement and there's something happening, that there's love and action going on there. We believe that's what happens here at Covenant, that we're a place where you can laugh, love, grow, and belong. But the body of Christ is a beautiful thing. It's all needed. Get up today. Get involved. Your story counts. Someone needs to hear it. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Tell your story today. Stand up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.